Yo, what's good? What's good? It's your boys, Cam and Jordan out here, man. We dropping episode two, or this is episode two. Happy Pride Day to anyone listening. We out here in New York City. It's a beautiful day. The sun is shining and happiness is in the room. I'm just so excited to see um, or hear and talk about this uh, second episode and then go boost our, our listens on Spotify. But this episode today is about handling academic workload and dealing with stress. You want to uh, touch up on that a little bit, bro? Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, I think it's a really important topic. I think uh, we have an inter- interesting perspective being college students ourselves. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to lie, school is kind of hard. And it gets real stressful and sometimes you just need some tactics to mitigate that stress and and perform at your best ability so we're gonna try to talk about that today most definitely hopefully we can give out some keys it's the same structure as last weekend um you know pretty much during the week people submitted questions whatever they wanted to hear shout out to those people who sent questions yeah shout out to barack and mark cuban and them yeah Um, appreciate it but hopefully we can drop some keys uh give some advice and this is like for anyone i mean really not even just college students like we got a couple parents listening, so y'all parents who want to go back to school, um, most definitely take our keys and pass them on to other people. Um, but really, we're just going to jump right into the question. So first question I'm going to give to you, Jordan. Perfect. When well, do you yeah. take classes that genuinely interest you versus those that are required? So when you think about Penn, for example, we have like our, uh, we have like the, the sector requirements. Those core classes. Then we have like the core class. Like It's, it's just a lot, mm. bro. So like, how do you how do you like schedule the different classes you want to take? Well, so that's kind of difficult. I think what I've tried to do um, junior year and going into senior year is try to balance the core classes or the required classes also with classes that are more aligned with what I'm really interested in. Yeah. Um, because I've had some semesters where it's all core classes, all just like requirements I need to get through. And it sort of weighs you down because you feel like you're just going through all these classes that are required, but might not really be aligned with your interests. Exactly. So in my opinion, I think you just need to sprinkle in some classes, like one or two classes every semester that will be the ones you can really just dive into, have fun with, enjoy, because that's what you're interested in. You don't want to just bog yourself down with. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think I think a big thing for like college students in general is just they they really want to explore, you know, the first couple of years. Facts, facts. Um, and that's definitely good to do that. Like you're still trying to figure out your major and stuff. But one thing I would recommend, and at least speaking from my own experience at Penn, is that there are a lot of classes that really, uh, I would say like, or at least there are a lot of majors that overlap in like core classes. So you have like a bunch of majors that you might have to take like a math class for. So I would say those are the easiest ones to knock out early Mm -hmm. because like if you do end up changing your major, then you have like some of those classes already under your belt and you're not, you know, struggling to take like four or five or six classes or, you know, classes in the summer like that. But um, you know, I, I'm I'm more in support of like really uh, knocking out the core classes because then that really gives you the freedom that you, you know you you have to just really explore whatever you want um, and and even change your major. I think it's really hard once you get into like the end of your second year to your third year, and definitely uh, once you get into the fourth, man, like it's 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 over with. But I think it's harder to you know sort of uh, definitely change your major and um, really explore classes because you know you're so focused on actually graduating you know most people have figured out their majors by the end of sophomore year so um once you figure that out you're really focused on finishing up those majors or even minors um so that's why i'm always in support of like really just knocking out the the core classes or all of the sector requirements at the front so then you know you do have that extra space to like take maybe one class 
uh, that really complements like your schedule. Bro, that was a really good answer, to be honest. Um, such a good answer that I'm actually going to let you start with question number two. So question number two is, how do you really make the most out of boring classes, um, especially the gen ed classes? Shout out to India for this question, man. Oh, this is from India? Yeah, this is from India. Man, shout out to India. India's on her stuff, has her own nonprofit. Yeah. She's, yeah. Uh, Actually, let's go ahead. India. Yeah. So so India, um, India, the India, she's, a, she's <laughs> also an entrepreneur. Um, that goes to Penn, and she has a nonprofit that focuses on um, helping Philadelphia high school students uh, get connected with mentors, with internships, um, you know, with different scholarships, and, and really gives them a platform to you know gain spotlight. And I think it's really um, an underrated, very underrated Facts. idea because Facts. nobody else is doing you know crap like her. But uh, Persia as well. I mean, Shout that's our co-founder. Yeah. Uh, definitely can't forget my girl Persia, but. Shout out to India. I re we really appreciate the support. We appreciate the questions. India submits like three questions every <laughs> week. So definitely, India, if there's anything that we can do, um, you know, just hit us up. Hopefully and support her nonprofit. It's called Urban Youth Professional Network. Exactly. So shout out yeah. to them, too. So yeah, follow them on Insta. Go support. Go donate, man. Um, they're doing really big things, and they have a lot of stuff coming up in the future. So, um, But, yeah, how do I really make the most out of boring classes? I would say, I mean, you really just don't go. <laughs> nah, I'm just playing. But that's would, how you feel. I would say <laughs> the, the way. I mean, some people get like really creative with like what they do. So some people are like fans of taking notes um, with like different color highlighters or something like that. Um, other people are like fans of taking notes on iPads. I found that actually to be really interesting. One of my good friends, Nadia. We are in like a super boring class. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not gonna expose. Yeah, that don't class, expose but, that teacher. But uh, yeah, because I know Amy Cubman's listening. But um, <laughs> what up, Amy? <laughs> but, um, but um, yeah, Nadia actually, she used to take notes on her her iPad, and like she said, it was like it, it really helped her to um, you know kind of retain that information because like obviously it's a little. I feel like it's a little better than just taking notes on yeah. like a, a regular tablet. But like that's one way you could do it. And I also think you can. You can really make the most out of boring classes by just the people, other people in those classes, especially if you're at a school like Penn or really any school in, uh, in general, like you never know who you can meet. And that's something we were talking about on the last episode is that like, like literally people come from all across the, the country, all across the world to these different universities. And like, you don't know who they know, like you don't know what they have or like, you know, like the knowledge that they have. So um, it's really about like finding that one, maybe one, two, three like classmates that, that you might sit next to, um, that you might like study with outside of class. Um, and like, really, like, I would say some classes are obviously going to be boring, but there, there are ways to make them interesting. There are ways to like really succeed in them um, without just, you know, feeling like you're by yourself. So definitely some gen S, like basic biology courses, like you can buy models and stuff like that, or like, uh, you know, just working groups, it, it's it's like much easier to work in groups, especially with with like super hard classes that have that cover a lot of information like that than, um, you know, to be by yourself. But what do you say? Um, I think this is a really interesting question. Talk about that snake lifestyle, that warden lifestyle, too. Yeah. You know, everybody in Wharton is snakes. So I'm happy to be a part of that snake community. Um, but this is something I, I deal with it a lot because um, I'm 
really not a fan of having to do the gen ed classes and all those required classes. I'm sort of just someone who wants to go right into the classes I'm interested in and just like hone in on those things. Um, but at the same time, I think it's good that schools um, sort of have you take these required classes, these gen ed classes, because it sort of forces you to um, be diverse in thought instead of just, you know, honing in on your own interests. It, it forces you to get out of your comfort zone a little bit. So I would say the first thing to making the most out of these required classes is just to come in with a open mind in the first place, like coming in um, ready to learn something new and ready to open up to those new ideas in the first place. And specifically, I think you can make the most out of them if you find some way to relate to the topic in that class, whatever it may be. Like for example, um, I hate statistics, but it's one of the required classes for Wharton. So um, I, I think OID is a better a better example. Operations, information and decisions class. Not a big fan of like numbers classes and things like that, but it's a requirement. Um, so I, I was kind of, it was kind of dry for the first few weeks, but I felt like I got more attached to the class when I was able to relate to it because I related it to like stuff in my company, Young Moguls brand. So you could sort of Whenever I was able to like apply the stuff in class to my personal experience in running that company or whatever, or finding some sort of connection, it just made it more personal. And I think it's that's just a way that makes the class more interesting and you learn more from it when you do that. So however you can do that to find that little personal connection, I think you should do that yeah. in gen ed classes. Most definitely. I think that's important. And even uh, going back to your point about like keeping an open mind. I would say one thing is like you you would be surprised about like the professors that are teaching the most boring classes. So like biology, I mean, I didn't really have a good biology professor or that was uh, super interesting, but like chemistry was, I had, a, I had a good professor, at least someone that was interesting. And then like math, uh, I like math, but like, you know, once you get to the college level and you get into like the calculus BC or even like past that, it just gets very, very like tedious and super boring. But someone who did do a great job with that, and I'm even going to plug him on the show. Uh, hopefully, he supports our podcast. Maybe I'll send it to him afterwards. It's Professor Remmer. This man. Shout out to it. Professor. Exactly. Remmer. Yeah, he he's definitely well known around the Penn community. Um, hooped with him a couple times. <laughs> uh, he's a big supporter of our of our company. Um, but he does a great job of keeping his students, um, you know, super engaged and uh, very amused. And so I would say, before you even think about like completely ruling out a class because of your, you know, your assumption that it's boring. I would say maybe ask other people if, if like there's a professor that teaches the same class that, you know, you might not have known about. Um, because oftentimes I feel like people don't really do enough research, you know, like there are other ways to take uh, classes. Like you could take it in the summer with, you know, Professor Rimmer, or you could take it in the school year with, um, you know, someone else that you might not like as much, but uh, there are a lot of ways to, you know, take classes there are different professors, different sections, uh, the TAs matter, stuff like that. So I think you really have to utilize the resources uh, that are available. And it's really not easy because some schools don't do a great job of, of, of being very transparent um, about where those resources are. Um, but, you know, luckily we have students, you know, like myself that give you keys and you have, you know, some administrators that give you keys and like, just, just keep it real with you basically letting you know who's the best professors, um, you know, who are the best TAs or like which section is the best or is, you know, known to be like the easiest. I think, um, you know, that's that's usually the case with like students. Most most administrators are like, um, 
what do they call it? The uh, deans, uh, not the deans, the uh, academic advisors. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sometimes, too. like, I, luckily, I have like the greatest academic advisor, but um, I haven't heard, I haven't heard, um, I haven't heard about an academic advisor that was super bad. But you know, most of them are like literally. Uh, I would say like kind of robots, honestly. Like <laughs> <laughs> they just tell you the same. Sure, they one. would love to hear that. Yeah, I mean, they can listen too. Maybe it'll help them with their um, with their uh, you know next year how they how they uh, interact with students. But I think that they don't do a good job of like knowing. They don't do a good job of actually connecting with the student and understanding. So if like you're an athlete or something, um, you know, it's better to go to like your athletic academic advisor than just an academic advisor because. They think that, you know, like most students are the same, like, oh, we always uh, can take a class from like six yeah. to nine or something like that. And it's like, no, we have other activities that we're involved in or or even interested in. Um, so that's why like, I'm a big fan of like just reaching out to student groups, asking because like, you know, like people will give you the real spill, um, especially like if they if they took the class or if they, you know, had to drop a class or something like that. So yeah. I'm a big fan of that. But um uh, I, I think another question that India submitted was, how do you avoid burnout? So mm. that's a good one, too. Um, to be honest, man, I'm already burnt out. Yeah, I burnt out like five years ago. But I, th- I think that's a really good question, especially for our age group, like millennials and Gen Z individuals especially. Um, so I'll throw in some input on this. People may agree or disagree. I'd be happy to, like, if you want to talk more about this, reach out. Um, but I honestly think that part of the reason why our generation experiences quote unquote burnout is um, because of the way that we sort of rely so much on the idea of a vacation. Um, I think like a lot of times when we go through a stressful job or like stressful school year, we're always reliant on like that one summer vacation or that one break to the beach to be our like one experience that'll give us that break um, and that that need of relaxation and peace. When a lot of times like you can still tap into that peace during other times of the year, you don't have to only be able to, you know, reach that sense of peace in the Bahamas or in Madrid or whatever. You can sort of get that sense of peace by just, you know, having alone time at the end of the day or reflecting to yourself. I think a lot of times people only see, you know, peace and happiness being in that vacation spot. And they wait so long to only tap into peace there. And then when they get back, it's right back to all the stress and stuff that's waiting for them in the office or in school and things like that. So I think the way you burn out is, or you avoid burning out is really through, you know, finding ways to just build that sense of contentment throughout the year in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of all the stress. I think there's ways to find peace in the middle of it and not having to run from it. Yeah. But give me your two cents on that. I mean, I agree. I think, you know, there are a lot of, um, you know, outlets to to avoid burning out. Uh, you know, something that I'm, I'm a big fan of is like working out. Mm. I think that's true. a great way to, you know, just burn stress and, Very true. Um, you know, get rid of like all the unneeded um, worries and stuff like that. But uh, I think it's also important to just be honest with yourself. I, I feel like a lot of people... Uh, even myself, and I'm speaking on, like I said, the past episode, I speak a lot of the stuff that I speak on is like from experiences. I might have like experienced, I might have not, but um, you know, like I, I'm going to be very honest about, you know, my, my situation and stuff like that. But I think that um, a lot of people, 
especially college students, do um, a poor job of like not being honest with themselves, their friends, and like also their families. And so when it actually gets to like a breaking point, it's kind of too late because nobody was really aware of like your situation. Yeah. I think it's it's better, especially, I mean, like all of those people and then even your professors, like professors can do a good job. And I mean, like they're not just professors most times, like they also have families and they understand usually um, what students are going through, especially because they also been through it. So I think it's also important to to be honest um, with your professors about like what you're going through. But I think that there are so many outlets like working out, yoga, uh, talking to friends, really just taking care of yourselves. I feel like um, also a lot of people have, um, you know, are like extremely focused. I try not to like stress myself too much because at the end of the day, like I know like there is only like one worst case scenario. And like that's what I try to think about. Um, and so like that usually levels me, but like, I know other people deal with things differently. And so I just think that one, it's important to be honest with yourself. Um, a coach, uh, a college coach actually said like, know your number. So basically like kind of know the pace that you can work at, know like when you, you should and should not take breaks. Um, and also like kind of use that to like take care of yourself. So if you know that like you've been going, let's say a week, two weeks, three weeks, a month without going out, but it's like something that really kind of reduces the stress level for you, then I would say, obviously take that time to go out and like focus on yourself because um, at the end of the day, like that's extremely important, not only for like yourself, but like if you are focused on getting better grades, like you don't want to burn out and like tire yourself so that when you have to take a test or like a big uh, you have a big paper or something, you're not, you're not, um, you know, performing like subpar. So I think, I think that was a great question. Definitely. On that note, what you said um, that really stuck out to me, like those little tips of working out or, you know, taking little breaks to write in a journal, whatever it may be. One thing I noted from what you said was like, all those are little things that a lot of times people look look over when it comes to like avoiding burnout. Um, everybody always has the idea like to avoid burnout, you need to take these extravagant trips with like you and your friends out yeah. the country. Or you need to pay for all these like self-care spa subscriptions and all of that, which are great and super helpful. But like when you aren't in the position to go on an extravagant trip or you can't leave work at that time, you can't pay for it. I just don't think it's right to think, okay, when you can't take that, that trip, you can't tap into like that sense of peace or whatnot. So there has to be some way to, you know, have peace in the middle of all the nonsense and the stress and the chaos. So I think that's why it's so important what you were saying, like paying attention to those little things, like going to the gym after work or after school or just talking with friends, things like that. Those little things are really what help you avoid burnout in the long run. Yeah. And I think I think that um, people really need to get out of the habit of like saying stress is like a part of college. I mm. think that's, I think that's very toxic. And it's also, it gives, it gives like the wrong uh, vibe just about college. Like college definitely is going to be like a learning process as opposed to be like a building experience. But I, I don't really think that stress is, is like a part of, it's like, it's not a part of college. And so I think people need to get out of the habit of saying that, especially when, um, you know, like people are making their decisions based off of you know, what they think, what they feel like they would be more, like what situation they feel like they would be most comfortable in. So um, I think that that's a big thing. But also I know that um, when a lot of people go to college, they feel like they have to be like very independent. 
And, you know, that's the whole thing about like being very transparent and stuff like that. Um, is that like most people feel like they have to go to college and like, oh, like I got to focus on myself. Like I got to live by myself. Like uh, I have to maybe talk to my parents less um, or like I need to get away from home. Like, yeah. but I think like, man, talking to your parents is easily one of the most, you know, like stress freeing things, especially um, because if you have they've that blessing. Yeah. If you, ha- if you have that blessing. But um, I mean, just talking in general, like family, friends, um, teachers, like those are really I say those are resources to deal with stress, and then hopefully, if your school has the um, if your school has like the different resources and, and, and kind of like outlets to deal with stress, like yeah. maybe just like face to face mentors. Uh, Penn usually brings like goats on campus, um, and then I would say another another resource to deal with stress is like maybe uh, working towards like getting college you know debt like removed yeah. for like all yeah. people. Hopefully, we can get like another Robert Smith for Penn or something like that, but. Yeah, that's my that's my little spill. I mean, hopefully it wasn't too much, but that's that's what I got for yeah. that. Um, I mean, I think you hit all the main points. Um, I think stress is something that's definitely on the minds of like a lot of college students. Um, and for me, I would say resources for dealing with stress. I think a lot of stress disappears and goes away when you get rid of comparisons in your life i was actually just gonna say that. yeah but like really if if i think about my experience at penn um and a lot of my other friends experiences in college i think a lot of the stress is manufactured part and part of it is due to the school yeah. and the administrators and like the the way college is set yeah. up but um and this I, isn't even dealing with stress like, we're, yeah, exactly. like this is dealing with stress but like we, I mean, we just talked about dealing with stress, but like this is completely avoiding stress. This so is like, avoiding stress. Exactly. Like, That's why I say like it, like stress really shouldn't be a a part of like people are like oh you're gonna deal with this you're gonna de- deal with that but like there are also ways to completely avoid stress and like this is definitely one of those. And I, I'm not gonna lie, like it's hard to do the way college and like the workplace is set up because they basically manufacture like a environment of stress with the way you're you're graded and you focus on GPA and a lot of school is really just okay, what job offer did they get? What's their GPA? Oh, but really if, if that comparison was gone and you're in school for the reason you, which it should be is just to learn and better yourself. And there's no comparisons, all your stress will really disappear for the most part, because you're just there to, to learn and improve yourself. You're not there to compare yourself to the next person in their process. So I think that as much as you can realistically to avoid those comparisons and really just have that tunnel vision on your own path that, you know, it was meant for you. I think that is the best way to avoid yeah. stress. Yeah. Trust the process, basically. Yeah. Trust yes. your process. Yeah. Someone someone sent um, a question that was like, uh, can you talk about stress in the workplace and in school and stuff? And this is this is definitely one of like the main ways to, I guess, I guess be stressed out is like just comparing yourself. So um, I would say like the big breaking point for me in college uh, when I really started to, be, I mean, like, when I really started to become like stress free, like worry about things less, is when I stopped comparing myself to other people. Um, or even, I think oftentimes it's like not even like us individually comparing yeah. ourselves, but like you'll hear a friend or something compare you to like another person. And like, you know, if you're around friends like that, then like you really, yeah. I mean, you might have to cut them out your circle going back to the last episode. Like that's a red flag. Um, so it's just being around people who are going to focus on you. They're comparing you to you and only focused on, you know, bettering yourself. Um, because I think, I think that obviously we have like these, these kind of guidelines that society has set for us, but like, 
in reality, like your happiness is really determined by what you focus on in your life and what makes or what's interesting to you. And then also like just what makes you happy? Like, what do you enjoy doing? And I think that people oftentimes like focus on, you know, what's going to get them the most money or, you know, what looks obviously what looks the best on a resume is like important for the future. But like, like that's a problem in itself. Um, and so I think if, if, if we can get to, you know, a situation where people are really focusing on what interests them um, and not, you know, like all of the, the big flashy things, then I think people can just avoid stress, you know, initially. Yeah. Um, and that's going into like our last little talking point advice for incoming freshmen. That's like one of the biggest things uh, is like just get into a habit of like focusing on you. I remember a picture that uh, kind of circulated around the globe, uh, the World Wide Web, www.google uh, or something like that. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was a picture of Michael Phelps and like that other guy. And it was like winners focus on winning, losers focus on winners. Yeah. That was yeah. man, that was like the toughest picture ever, and man, I, like, shout I used out to, to Michael Phelps. Yeah, I know he, it, he's probably listening. Yeah, it used to be it used to be my screensaver too, but like that that's some real stuff, man. Like for real, for real. Like if you focus on like a goal that you like, I, it's just I, I just can't like mm-hmm. emphasize this enough. Like focus on a goal that you want to achieve, and not about beating someone else. Right. Like that's literally it. That's all you have to do because you know like with that situation, it's just, it's just one lane. Once you start comparing yourselves to other people, it's just like a bunch of lanes, it's a bunch of chaos, and it just gets super messy. So like, that's one point that I have for incoming freshmen. We can go back and forth. All right, yeah. Um, incoming freshmen, my advice, my advice would be to just be vulnerable, as, as vulnerable as possible. And I, I know I probably said this on the last episode, but honestly, this has been like the theme for, for me personally in 2019 is just to be as vulnerable as possible. Um, from my personal experience, when I came to Penn uh, freshman year, I was just super, I mean, I didn't really know anybody at Penn or in Philadelphia in general. I'm from Georgia, so I was far from home. Not many people from my high school, you know, if any, um, go to school at Penn. So um, it was very uncomfortable and I sort of had a guard up. I was, you know, I had my own insecurities about being in this new place and and you know, doubting whether I really deserve to be here or not. Um, so it was easy to to sort of just shy away from reaching out to, you know, my peers in my class or even the older people and going up to them and you know just asking if I could sit down and ask them some questions or learn from their experiences, ask for help. I sort of just felt like I had to figure it all out myself and look like I had it all together. Um, and I think that wastes a lot of time because I could have been you know even further in my freshman year if I came in you know, not scared to ask people for help or ask questions and things like that. So my advice would be as tough as it is, be vulnerable coming in, um, be willing to to ask other people questions, to, to learn from what they do, see what they do well, see what they don't do well. I think it'll help your whole experience a lot. Um, and on the t- topic of dealing with stress also for incoming freshmen, definitely use like if there's any counseling services on campus, that's something I definitely don't do enough um, I think a lot of people at Penn and probably schools across the country don't do enough. Um, I know we have CAPS at Penn that does counseling and, and services like that. But really, whether there's a big problem in your life or not, it's it's a good service to use just to talk through your thoughts with someone. Um, that's all, That's never a bad thing to do. And I don't think people use that enough. Yeah. And I don't even think it really has to be like a certified counselor. 
Uh, yeah, I think, I think, yeah. As long anyone, as you're not someone giving you bad advice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, anyone you, yeah, most definitely, yeah. If they're giving like very helpful and like uh, just very deep advice, then that's good. But like anyone you find confident that makes you feel better, um, uh, I think like people really focus on like, like I can only go to, yeah. you know, like a, this person or this person because they have like this degree. Even but if it's really just someone matter. to listen to, yeah. you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, I would say another thing that I, I just thought about was don't be afraid to leave. Like, I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't say like toxic environments, but like, just don't be, a, don't be afraid to leave something that you're not interested in anymore. Um, especially not only if you're not interested, but like if you're not enjoying it. And then also if it's, it's if it's having like a negative impact on your life, I think that for instance, with sports, with clubs, um, with classes, uh, like within a certain time period, people feel like, oh, like I owe this person something or I owe that person something. But like, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's your life. And like, you don't really, I, th- I think that you don't really owe anyone anything. I mean, obviously if you're leaving something- Wait, wait, say that one more time. Can you, can you say that for the people who didn't pay attention? I mean, listen, listen, man, listen, man. It's your life. You don't owe anyone, you don't know, you don't owe anybody anything, right? Um, I feel like people, obviously, if you're going to leave something, do it, do it respectfully. Um, you don't want to have, you don't want to burn any bridges, but like, um, you know, people just, people just start to get like these expectations and a sense of entitlement, like over your decisions. And obviously, um, like I said, you don't want to hurt anyone, but you have to take into consideration that the decision that you make is going to affect your life and not theirs. Um, and so like, you have to do what's best for you. Obviously, if it's, like I said, don't burn any bridges. If it's not hurting anyone, but like um, at the end of the day, like people just have to understand that you make your decisions for your life, for your future. Um, and so just just be very honest with yourself about like what will be the best move for you looking forward or like what will you be happiest doing or what interests you most? Like what can set you up best for the future? Um, so that's that's another thing to be to be um, cautious about and, and think about that whenever you make your decision. But um to be honest, I think that's really it for today. Uh, it was a great second episode. Bro. Yeah, I think that's about it. Um, shout out to all the incoming freshmen. I hope that you know these tips are helpful for you when you come in. Be vulnerable. Be willing to meet new people. To you know, to have those really beneficial discussions with your peers and even people older than you. And hopefully, these some of these tips will be helpful um, in these first few years. Most definitely. And y'all stay tuned for the next episode. We we might uh, bring a special guest on. We're not sure who yet, but. Um, um, and I think the topic will probably be interesting. We might switch it up a little bit, but thank y'all for listening and be ready for next week.